It is time now for us to have our weekly check-in with Reggie Giacchini, our Global News Washington correspondent. Good morning, Reggie. Good morning. All right, we got to work down this list here because I want to start this morning with this whole situation in Montana. The state of Montana is banning TikTok. How do they expect this to work? That's a good question because there are questions coming back to the state in how they expect this to work. But essentially, uh, what the state is trying to do here is make it illegal to download TikTok, have it on your phone. And if the app is downloaded, then it would result in fines of something like $10,000 a day, which would obviously then be placed upon uh, the app stores that are uh, that are giving this. The questions become here, is this actually possible? What happens if you're coming from out of state and you have TikTok on your phone and you cross a state line because the United States doesn't obviously have that kind of ability to monitor people in the same way that a country like China would. Uh, And there are people who question whether this would violate the constitutional right to free speech. Ultimately, Montana says, look, this is bad for national security. They could, you know, be harvesting information from the people of Montana. It's likely going to face a core challenge. Okay, but in the meantime, then, did, like, did, how does this law start right away? Should people in Montana get off TikTok? No, so there there is a time frame for it that would be uh, at least next year for this. Again, this would have to work its way through a court system. It would likely find its way up to some of the highest courts in the country to figure out whether or not a state can actually make a determination about something to do with national security. Uh, for the most part, people are simply pushing back, saying, look, my phone, my time, my app, see what happens. Yeah, exactly. I'm so curious about that one. Uh, also- so let's take a look at what's going on with these abortion rulings. I know it's been quite the headlines in, in different states. And this week, we've got another round of states who are passing abortion bans. Making it much more difficult for somebody to be able to access the procedure. And uh, what is concerning about this uh, is that South Carolina and North Carolina both were the two latest states to enact uh, more kind of restrictive access to uh, to abortion. Uh, and what it does now is block nearly every single person in in the southern United States from accessing abortion care. There are 13 states that are south of Virginia uh, and east of Texas that have now either put a restriction uh, in place or have outright banned it, like in places uh, in Louisiana. In South Carolina, after a banner back and forth, uh, Republicans won, uh, and it has moved to a six-week ban. In North Carolina, they overrode the Democratic governor, who tried to keep it at 20 weeks, rolling it back to 12 weeks. Uh, And again, this makes it much more difficult for anybody to be able to practice or obtain this procedure. Again, locking off access to tens upon tens of millions of people now. Okay, so there's that still going on. And I think the big story out of the States too in the last week has, has we keep hearing the words debt ceiling and deal like what is this all about? So, look, this is a big deal uh, in the fact that the United States is actively approaching uh, what's called the X date, which is believed to be June 1st, where the government simply won't have any more money left. They will not be able to pay for obligations like Social Security or the military or any of the things that were passed uh, in the budget. And if they are not able to do that, they would ultimately default on their obligations, default on their debt, and it would throw the entire world into uh, kind of an economic Um, crisis. It would impact Canada. It would impact trade. It would impact pretty much every market around the world. So there is ongoing negotiations and 
uh, you know, conversations to try and find some kind of leeway, the president doesn't want to negotiate. He is saying, look, pass the bill as you had written it, uh, and we will do with this appropriately. Republicans are saying, look, no, 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 we want concessions. We want you to start cutting things out of the budget, uh, even though we passed this budget in the first place, in order to ensure that we don't default. Neither side wants this to happen. The conversations are ongoing, but ultimately somebody is going to have to give, otherwise the United States is going to collapse in on itself. And there's room, the the wiggle room here is on both sides, right? Because it's so evenly divided in in the House of Representatives. Yeah, I mean, look, Republicans are going to have a difficult time here. Number one, uh, they have the majority, but the party isn't unanimous on bringing a bill forward. And if Republicans try to bring a budget bill forward, it's not going to pass because they don't have the votes for it within their own party. So it would fail, meaning Democrats could bring a budget bill forward and try to find five maybe moderate leaning members of the Republican Party to come on side and that bill would pass. Ultimately here, they need to do something because the clock is ticking. And if, you know, June 1st comes and goes and there is no deal in place, the United States risks throwing itself into a recession, losing millions upon millions of jobs and immediately having an impact on people extending way beyond the borders of the U.S. Oh boy. Okay. That is a big one. And then on the backdrop of all this, you've got this presidential election campaign, which is already going on. And I thought, you know, he might as well just say it that he's running because it's seems like he has been running for a long time, but Ron DeSantis is finally going to make it official? Yeah, he's planning a soft launch on on uh, on the 25th of this month, a potential launch sometime maybe on the 1st, although he's known to not kind of stick to a schedule. He likes to throw a bit of a cannon into the mix, so it could be before that. Uh, his polling numbers are not good. He has an incredibly large war chest, I believe the second uh, amongst all Republicans that are in the race, uh, but he is facing criticism because he has been waffling on some of his uh, conversations when it has to do with Ukraine. He has put incredibly restrictive policies in place in Florida, which may benefit him at the state level, but may kind of fall out of line with where the broad majority of Republicans are in the country. But notably, he hasn't really taken any big swipes at Donald Trump. And in doing that, has allowed Donald Trump to control the narrative. So he's getting in at a time where he will likely be the number two in the race. But is it a little too little too late? That's what we'll have to watch for. Okay, so fascinating. And uh, I'm going to ask you about this. I feel like I'm obligated to, but what was this whole Meghan and Harry situation in New York like? Were they chased by paparazzi or were they not chased by paparazzi? Well, I think from what we're hearing from police and some people on the street is that the paparazzi were going after them, but potentially not driving over people and running into fire hydrants and, you know, getting into collisions. The, 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 the Duke and Duchess, you know, the conversation was around some catastrophic car chase. We heard their own taxi driver say, well, it was a little chaotic because we were driving and they had to go to a police station to get another car. Uh, there are detractors who say, look, this was simply, you know, a couple who is, you know, seeking publicity, uh, you know, following behavior that you know we've seen from them before trying to just keep themselves in the spotlight ultimately they weren't hurt nobody in the car was hurt and the story kind of came and went it grabbed headlines American networks were talking about it far more than British networks were. Oh, I totally noticed that. Did you notice that? Too? <laughs> I, like I, I, some British tabloids were going to pretend that it wasn't even happening. Yeah, I mean, I immediately flicked on BBC and Sky News and they were talking about it and then immediately went to something else, whereas, you know, the US covered this for, for hours and hours on end. And ultimately, by the end of the day, no one was talking about it again. Oh, boy, that's the way it goes. Uh, Reggie, thank you for that. Happy Friday. Happy Friday to you, too. That is Reggie Giacchini, our Global News Washington correspondent. Long list of stories, as always, to catch up on from the U.S. Uh, but yeah, it is really funny when you find see who covered that Meghan and Harry story and who did not cover that story.